You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm Angela Palladino, and I hope you're all having a good week. I mean, I can't believe we're in the middle of February already. It's kind of insane. I'm coming off the other end of a hell month (laughs) of just like crazy insanity with work, and I'm really excited for things to get a little bit more not normal is exactly the word because nothing is normal right now, but like a little more chill, I suppose. And also, my birthday was yesterday, so that is a thing. (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of exciting, but also kind of not because time is a flat circle. But anyway, I am really excited for my guest today. He is a comedian, writer, performer, musician, filmmaker, Truly one of the most interesting people I've had the pleasure to get to know through the comedy community in New York City. He's been all over the world, and he chooses to stay here with us. His name is Shem Pennant. Shem and I talk about how sort of scrambling your brain by challenging yourself and learning new skills can boost your creativity in other areas. We also talk about how some alternative art forms are often considered the lowest form of culture at the time they're made, but then as history goes on and you look back, they are considered high art, and it's all because the gatekeepers have changed their mind about how they regard them. And you know what? A bit of a running theme amongst a lot of these interviews, we talk about defining your own personal definition for success, because everyone defines it differently. You know, where you derive your joy from is really the key factor. Maybe you should be deriving your joy from the process, not the destination. I got to tell you, speaking with Shem, especially about these sort of like high concept topics, is always a joy. He's just a wonderful human being with an incredibly interesting and broad range of experiences, and he brings all that to the table when you speak with him or collaborate with him. I loved this conversation, and I hope that you do too. Here is my conversation with Shem Pennant. In one sense, it was like, oh, I mean, just do the opposite of what I've, uh, whatever I've done. Because uh, my, <laughs> my career is technically terrible. Uh, but then I was listening to, uh, I love podcasts. I think they're great. Uh, and um, partly because they give you like a very personal, like uh, weird fun connection. And also because you can just literally just do them, uh, which is, I think, good. Uh, and I had the thought today about how the things that we like, ridicule and deride often end up lasting much longer than other things so like that's the whole journey of pop culture is like mm-hmm. yeah rock and roll everyone thought that was trash or hip-hop was like just the music of uh, brown people uh, and then like they become like huge like wonderful things that people like rise about and like lionize and that goes all the way back to like in ancient i'm so sorry i'm just gonna waffle and like be, no go like, for it I, please <laughs> please I, waffle but like uh it also reminds me of like uh I don't know how much this is true, but like in ancient Japan, um, the, the, they had this complex about all the important serious stuff was always like, um, what was done in China. So like all the men would like write all these traditional Chinese poems and like try to like replicate, uh, traditional Chinese poetry and literature. Mm-hmm. And that's never going to be as good as traditional Chinese poetry and literature. Cause the mm-hmm. Chinese are already like handling that. And then like stuff written in like actual Japanese and like using hiragana was like women's work and like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's just what let, let them like do their little thing. It's like meaningless. Uh, and then that's the stuff that scholars now look and go, wow, this is amazing. Like the whole, that's why Genji Monogatari is like considered like this amazing, one of the best works of um japanese literature uh even though it was like written by like a woman at the time and like uh yeah like the things that people like look down on and think as like not part of like high culture often have like lots of honest and authentic um content within them because there's no uh gatekeepers uh doing them it's like the way i like look down on like Front, I, I hate front-facing comedy videos. I think TikTok's <laughs> dumb, but like, I'm so, I'm wrong. I'm so wrong. Like yeah. 50 years now, we'll be looking at all those stupid character videos and TikTok's going, look at this culture. Uh, so yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I also love podcasts. And the thing of everyone has to have a podcast that, like, I got mad about was I was just like, not everyone has something that's worth saying in a podcast form. And that's why I was so resistant to doing it for so long, because I was just like, I don't want to be derivative. Like, I love true crime comedy podcasts. Like, I love macabre history stuff and, like, The Dollop and Last Podcast on the Left. But, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just not my wheelhouse. Like, I like listening to it and consuming it. But so it took me, like... Being like, oh, this is actually something I like. would like to have some conversations about to be like justified to myself like, oh, OK, now now I will do what you tell me to do. But it is funny. Like I am also sort of that snobbish person when it comes to like front facing comedy videos. And it took me I don't even know if I fully even admitted that I'm wrong yet, but, <laughs> but uh, or maybe I'm just mad that I didn't start doing them in 2015 and I don't have a Netflix special now, you know. <laughs> I well I have like so I I think that it's okay to like hold contradictions or like have like uh warring ideas in your head like I know that there's there's all these things that I know if I did them I'd do a lot better on like social media but like because I don't want to do them I'm not going to do them and that's absolutely fine yeah um that's cool and then the uh another podcast I was listening to by the school of motion had this wonderful director Kat Solon I think her name is and she directs the shivering truth and she said um uh which is something I was thinking about with my comment at the top of this uh, I like I don't consider myself like a success Uh that's like nonsense because um partly capitalism makes you think that you need to be earning money or like doing Mm -hmm. a certain amount of like uh, work to be like oh well, now I'm a comedian because like uh, I earn like forty thousand dollars a year just from comedy and like <laughs> that's that should that's not the case like if you're funny and like creating joy then you are like, a comedian and in a long history of people doing that mm-hmm. so um yeah like that's that that really changed or flips the way I think about um what I do how good what I do is or what I what I do to like gauge the success of what I do yeah. so I've stopped like being oh 20 people looked at this um yeah like things like that have been like really um helpful in terms of uh yeah my thought process and like my general happiness as well yeah you know I mean it's kind of cliche to say but like success is you have to like figure out what your definition is like I think more recently I've been thinking like for me it's like can I you know by the big the big like amalgamation of all the little jobs that I do comedy writing performing directing film stuff like I do a bunch of random shit and then somewhere in there I make enough money to just like survive and I'm generally happy and I'm making stuff that I think is exciting that to me is success but some people it's like they're not successful until they have like a comedy central special or something like that I mean I think it's kind of all it's fucking relative, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then I think, uh, so one of the things that I found helpful is having, uh, successful friends, uh, <laughs> like that really helped me, um, because having both friends who have the things I want and also me having the things I want and then mm-hmm. knowing that getting them has not like fundamentally changed, like w- why I'm happy. Like if I, if I could go back like 10 years in time and say, yeah, you do all this stuff. You'd be like, oh, wow, then you must be like the happiest person in the world. Like, no, I'm still pretty sad. Uh, so like, uh, like my friend was in Star Wars, not, not that, not, not that happy. Uh, my other <laughs> friends, like I have like friends who are like on HBO shows, like doing really well. Like they yeah. got like all these jobs and it's like, they, it hasn't like fundamentally, uh, changed them as like people, even though when they're doing like their dream jobs, uh, they're still like jobs. Uh, yeah. and that was like, um, I've always wanted to like write for the, write for the BBC and like um write like radio comedy for them that was like an early dream I had mm-hmm. and then one day I got to like do it and like it was like really cool and I got to like sit around and type uh, and then some guy like worked there full time he showed me his like desk his like station mm-hmm. and it was like this sad little cubicle with like a CRT like type monitor and an oh. old gray keyboard <laughs> and he just hunched over there like writing little witty puns uh for the news quiz and like you know this is where I sit and like do stuff and it's like oh like that's that shouldn't be my dream. <laughs> like, I like it's, I love doing it and it's like fun. And like, I, I am grateful every opportunity I get to create, but I shouldn't like be 
making myself unhappy for like 20 years just so I can like hunch over this little cubicle and like type things like yeah you like it does take like that moment of like noticing that like the grass isn't always greener I mean I think Amy Poehler has a quote in her book that I've kind of always like remembered ever since I read it a couple years ago but it's just about I'm gonna paraphrase but she's like talking about like once you get the thing there's always a next thing so like you're never really if if all you're striving after is like the titles and the roles and like oh I am a, this like I write for an HBO show or whatever it is, there's always once you get there you're always going to want the next step up. So you're, it's like basically like you'll never be happy if that's how you're defining success. I yeah, so like I wear like a dumb little uh, watch uh, that has <laughs> um, like it has like now oh, on it uh, cool. for the time. Um, which I got from the time travel mart in LA, but like I have that on me at all times to like, kind of remind myself to like enjoy what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's like very airy, fairy and dumb, but like, it's also like a real thing that like genuinely helps me. Um, so in the, um, uh, like, so I've done so many like stand up shows or like performances where there's like almost no one there. Or like, I remember emceeing a show in London like years ago and then like two people were there, but they'd been, so- they paid like 20 bucks or something like that for their, they paid like actual money to like see a comedy show. Uh, <laughs> and there were just two of them in the audience. And then part of me is like, Oh, can you believe there's only two people there? But another part of me is like, well, these two people, like, it's still my job to like entertain them and give them like a great show. Mm-hmm. And then like, I did, like, they had the night of their lives. They were like catered to their entertain. There was like <laughs> crowd work. I told like, some like some like that was one of the, the most defining uh shows i've had in my career because it was like a real um like the job isn't to like be famous and successful or whatever the job is to like entertain the people who want to be entertained by you and mm-hmm. then the now thing my watch is like just whoever's like enjoying my content right now that's great like if i make the one person i'm with laugh or if like 20 people like a video or like a hundred like it, your life isn't any different like i know yeah. some people who've gone viral they don't walk around on like a cloud of joy like non-stop it's just like their phone blew up a little bit and <laughs> then they went back to like normal like uh and and then the, the wild thing is no one believes me. uh like if i heard me saying this like a year ago mm-hmm. like now or like some other version of me is like yeah but like actually if you have the thing and it's like it's just, it's not true like it doesn't make anyone any happier like no. it's, it you're not getting anything special um but it's hard to believe that yeah you don't believe it till you, till you experience it I mean I believe you listen I do because <laughs> I mean I just I've had this like thing actually that even this year I sort of I've been been like extremely on Twitter in 2020 because like that's where I fucking live now uh not in the real world but on Twitter unfortunately and um I don't have that many followers I have like eh, 2,000 followers which is like just a few more people than I know in real life and I've tweeted things that then like some other famous account, you know, not famous, but like someone with like 50,000 followers will tweet almost the exact same joke. Not that they stole it or anything, probably just duplicate thinking, but that joke will then go viral. And I'm like, okay, so it's not because my content is bad. It's just because I don't have a gigantic reach. (laughs) Like, you know. But for me, the joy in that is like, oh, I'm doing good content. I can do my work is good. And that that should be. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like I remember I have the exact same, uh, I used to have a joke about um, romantic, uh, a love triangle uh, and how it's not really a love triangle unless, because like it shouldn't be like uh, person A, person B and person C. Mm-hmm. If they're both just in love with person B, that's like a love V uh, or like a love like 10. Like it's also, ha- they all three of them have to e- equally in love with each other for that to work as like a love triangle. Uh, and then Dimitri Martin, I remember went to see him in the Shepherd's Bush Empire. He told the exact same joke with the exact same complicated setup uh, and line of thought. And it was like, oh, I can never tell that joke again. But also like, I'm thinking it, like, I want to be able to write a joke that good. And okay, I'll just keep writing. Like, at least I know like, yeah. my my dream was to be funny and like, well done, you made it. You're like funny. Uh, <laughs> so like, just be happy that you're funny. Like most people aren't funny. Like mm-hmm. sure. Most people can like get, um, acclaim or whatever, but like just that s- skill of being funny is like, uh, so important. Same as like being able to play the piano or like mm-hmm. kick a ball or whatever it is that you want to do. If you've like achieved that skill, there's so much like joy to be had in being able to do that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it. I yeah, I'm the same way. I like think of those moments of like, like you seeing Dimitri Martin do your joke as like, okay, great. I'm on the right track. I mean, similarly, I've written two spec scripts 
for I wrote one Broad City spec script and then one Kimmy Schmidt spec script. These are years ago that then they did the storyline that I did in the, my spec. And I was like, well, at least I know where their writer's room was going. Like, it sucks that I have to throw out my spec. But, but um, it's I think it's like encouraging sort of. I mean, but I'm also not one to like I, I tend to be very chip on my shoulder about like people telling me that if I don't do this, I, you know, am not a comedian or I'm not a filmmaker or whatever it is, um, because I'm just kind of like, you don't know me. <laughs> do you feel that way about like certain things? I've realized, um, you know, uh, no one really knows anything and it's all like just a big old guess. Uh, like, every, like, uh, so like, I'm, I try not to get too stressed about that. Everyone's just saying stuff that's like the best guess, but you truly uh don't like the biggest video this year was just some man on a skateboard so like <laughs> no no one no management no agent is like gonna tell you that's gonna happen yeah. they won't uh be able to like replicate that sometimes things just happen it's all very uncontrollable mm-hmm. um so if you're like uh so yes like i so whatever someone tells me uh i i'm always like aware that there's like huge caveats attached and like um just the limits of people's knowledge uh and their absolutes is like at the forefront of my mind when I'm talking to people, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting too, like, I don't know. For example, like this podcast, right? Like I, the reason that this is sort of happening is I was so resistant to to having a podcast for so many years. But then this year when all videos shut down because of the pandemic for a while, I was like, shit, I'm going to apply for podcast producer jobs. But then I was like, I need to have a, a, a work sample, and then I was like, well, also, I like have been so resistant to wanting to do a podcast for so many years. Why would I want to apply for a podcast producer job? <laughs> it was just like this whole like weird thing that like now I'm here and I'm really excited about th- this idea. But I never thought I would end up here and especially not in this way. And like I think that I, I, I think back on there's a lot of projects in my in my career that like I've kind of amalgamated in that way. Like, do you do you find that like you start off on one path and then it turns into something like wildly different? I started out writing jokes for radio. Uh, I had like a, a sketch show that was going to be like run on BBC, like Radio 4, which is like a huge deal. Yeah. Not money wise, but like just that's just like childhood dream. Um, so like it was going to be on the radio. I was really excited and it got cancelled and it got cancelled because like the, the channel had just changed. That mm. just got cancelled. And I was like, oh no, what do I do now? And that meant I had all these like jokes and things I'd written. I was like so sad. Like I just cycled to an open mic took all the jokes I had on like pieces of paper, just read them out. That ended up in me, like just, I became a stand-up comedian, like just unexpectedly, yeah. um, which like comedy is like hard and horrible. Uh, but like, <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm just doing this thing I didn't expect. Uh, I got like bummed out by doing that. Uh, and then ended up um, listening to like a bunch of like podcasts about comedy. People just kept mentioning this place called UCB. Uh, I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, like I watched the special on Netflix. I was like, oh my God, that's, amazing mm-hmm. ended up moving to new york to like hang out there and do shows there and do things like that and then that, uh i ended up like doing that uh which i didn't expect and mm-hmm. that meant i live here now uh, like <laughs> i upended my entire life i met all these like people i'm talking to you because of like that weird confluence of events where like yeah. all these things didn't happen or kept on saying uh, like like almost every job i've got is not directly the thing I was trying to do but like just accidentally I did a thing or I met a person uh doing this other thing which I didn't really want to do and like whatever like and just all these weird accidents happen uh and then suddenly I end up like in this position where I'm almost like doing this thing or like working in this job I wouldn't expect so like you know life is life is unknown and I've just decided to like embrace that Yeah, it's like a little bit like a a rafting trip. You just got to like hold on and like you go around like the the bends in the river or like down the rapids or whatever. But like if you try to steer the like whitewater raft too much, you're just going to fall over. It's it is kind of crazy. Like I, I think like if you try to have too much control, it can often lead to like you just getting really frustrated and burnt out versus like if you just kind of like hold on for dear life and go wherever it takes you especially like this year like you just gotta fucking (laughs) hold on i mean is there any like uh like bits of advice that that were like those kind of standard classic things that people tell you like you gotta do like for example like 
you know, I think when everyone starts doing improv, especially in like a UCB sort of system, they might be like, well, all right, I'm going to start an indie team and then we're going to practice twice a week and we're going to do this many shows. Were you that like regimented or did you just kind of go with it? Yeah. So like stuff like that, it was always more, I, uh, so I came like in New York comedy, I was just so um, I took it took me years to get here like I was been trying mm-hmm. to like get here and it's really hard to get like a visa and like to move across and like like it's literally upending a whole life and moving it across to like do that mm-hmm. so by the time I landed I was like I am so grateful that I get to do this this is so exciting wow I'm doing a show at the Triple Crown I'm hanging out and like all like I'm doing all this nonsense that everyone here like just takes for granted mm-hmm. I'm like wow I'm on an indie team like do <laughs> so like uh like the people I'm on like I was on my first indie team I'm still I'm I text them this morning. We're like still very good friends. Uh, and we do stuff together, like still. And like, um, so for me, it was less like do all these steps and more just like enjoy the ride and like, um, find like fun in whatever we're doing. So like, I've done so many like empty shows at like, uh, places like the pit loft that sucked. And I like, Oh, this is <laughs> objectively very bad, but that's still, the, but I'm still like, this is part of me, like living my yeah. dream and like doing the comedy I want to do. So I'm going to like, do the best I can do in the show enjoy it like try and make it a good show like put like literally leave nothing on the table in terms of like that and like that is like helping me grow as like a a comedian performance like that um so like that was my focus so it's not more like doing the steps rather Mm -hmm. than like every 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 juncture of the way I am doing the best I can to like you know enjoy things and then wildly like so I yeah so that was my more my process is like I'm going to enjoy the people I'm with and enjoy what I'm doing and then try my hardest to like just be good and like be around yeah. and then I weirdly had this I so like I know everyone has like a very uh fractious relationship with usually I have I had like an amazingly good time yeah <laughs> like I got I got treated very well uh, and I <laughs> shot up really quickly without trying too hard like <laughs> uh, I did none of the things you're supposed to do and then I performed there like three times a week uh, without even like I'm not even like I wasn't even on like a, a regular improv team but I got to like just asked to do a bunch of shows uh with people I got like asked to like do about sketches and write and perform just from like being around like, and then and this isn't the case for everybody but I was around I was like nice to a bunch of people and I was like tanned in like funny and everyone's like oh we see your value in that but even that the the benefit of that doesn't matter like if if you didn't get that treat doesn't matter because all that was was like i'm just creating some content or having some fun with my friends and that felt the same literally the same doing it when i was like performing in like a weird little bar or like in the weird show uh mm-hmm. or like on stage with like a bunch of people like it, I'm, it's still the same bringing in the same energy uh and the same attitude to it but which is why i mentioned it like it wasn't like oh i finally fucking made it like it yeah. was just the same like path uh the whole time like and like truly all that went away like very quickly <laughs> uh, and then you're back into the same place of like just uh i'm i'm giving you as much comedic energy right now in my basement or like focus or like joy like I, this this feels the same to me as it would like if we were on stage doing this yeah. or like this was like the biggest podcast and what like what it doesn't matter like it's just um yeah I don't know, like just enjoy yeah. what you do. I'm, I mean, I'm like, sorry. No, no, don't apologize. I mean, I remember when you first showed up in New York, at least when I first met you, because I that all of a sudden I didn't know who you were. And then like a, within a week, I had like met you three times and was like, okay, so there's this new guy named Chef who's around. I think we were in like a DCM workshop together or something, or maybe like a jam. I don't know. But um. But I mean, I think it sounds like you were just like you had worked so hard to get over here that then you were like, why would I waste any time at this point? I'm just going to like hang out and experience it and really take in everything there is to do, like as far as like doing all the shows and, you know, just hanging out with people and and creating shit that you wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, and they also like by the time I got here, I'd like literally traveled the world, like performing and teaching improv and like doing like comedy, like at like various levels so it's like this is all just like and like this is all just supposed to be like fun like uh yeah. it's like something you take very seriously and you like there's craft and passion attached to it but it's also it's not that serious it doesn't matter like uh it's just like a joyful um this moment is like fun who would have thought i'd end up in finland with a bunch of french clowns uh <laughs> talking about mime techniques that moment in itself is like beautiful and cool so like, just enjoy that moment <laughs> i I, 
I am friends with like so many like 25 year old bisexuals. I shouldn't be. Like I'm an old, <laughs> I'm a weird old man. Like half my friend group is like so interesting and like weird. And it's like, just revel in that joy. Like I, like who, who else gets to like, uh, do that or know that. And like, um, and whatever specifics I give, that's true for whoever you are listening. Like you have all these like things in your life that shouldn't happen or should be are like so odd and wonderful and like joyful. And like, it's just focusing on that, what's happening now and like taking joy in that rather than what could be, um, has been like a real, uh, help. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like focusing on the joy and like seeking the joy in things, I think is a way better motivator than like beating yourself up over the fact that you've like, haven't done this yet or haven't done that yet or whatever it might be. Also, every time you drop a new tidbit of like your life and your experiences, like uh, French clowns in Sweden, and I'm just like, what is your life? It's like, you'll, uh, it is very, I love when you just like plop a little like nugget of like <laughs> something you've done into conversation. I'm just like, what? <laughs> I just spend a lot of time saying yes to things or like, in, like being, uh, so like the, the bit of, uh, advice I would say that I do think helps or has helped me. And like, you know, who knows how much that applies is to be joyful and to be curious. Um, so like, I'm always like, oh, I wonder what that experience would be like, or that would be like fun or like this weird thing I did, which was like, uh, I took like, I, I did like an improv festival in Finland and that was like so fun and weird. And I met all these like fun, interesting people uh, who were like, oh, you're very, very cool. And then that spiraled out uh, to the point where like I met all these people from all around the world and have these different friends who like have these different uh, perspectives. And then that, that I'm teaching and performing in like a international improv festival, like this afternoon, like cool. uh, via Zoom. Uh, but that's <laughs> from that same like decision to go, oh, I just wonder what this will be like. Um, so like that joyful curiosity can like really mm-hmm. um, help. Yeah. Do you find that that like not just with experiences that you have that or do you also have that sort of like joyful, curious perspective when it comes to like you have so many different skill sets, like obviously writing, produ- film production, music. Like is that like also kind of drive your your like you you seem like a lifelong learner in that way. Does that does that the same curiosity bug? like drive that um yeah I, it's just like fun to like do stuff and like try stuff and like to have like a to be you know try things uh anew uh and like to it stops you feeling uh it's very easy to feel like you know things and like you really don't mm-hmm. um like that's uh very clear and even the things i do know like i have a tenuous grasp of them at best and like i don't you know uh so like uh trying like new things is like really exciting and it like it gives you um, an approach that you can then like take back into your work, um, which I find like, uh, cool even like, um, sometimes like I, I, I can write sketch. I've been writing sketch for like, you know, most of my life. So like, I, I know how to like write a sketch, but then when I'm about to write a sketch, sometimes when I like feel like, oh, I know what I'm doing, I'll like, um, go try something I can't do or like go like, I'm terrible at playing a trumpet. I can barely get a night out. So like, I have like a, a little trumpet, I like try to play or I'll like try and look at something in like uh, a language I don't really speak. Um, and it just like scrambles my brain in like a way of like, Oh, like and it, that fresh perspective, uh, can stop you like writing the same like content over and over again or telling the same joke over and over again that like, it just really helps to like enliven your brain to like new things. And like, um, like so I, I come in contact with a lot of sketch. Like, I read a lot of sketch. Um, I direct some, and like, I can tell when someone is like sort of going through the motions of like, this is what I think a sketch should be. This is how I think uh, their perspective is. And like, mm-hmm. they've, they've never really like challenged themselves or like interrogated them. Uh, so the things on the page are just there, you know, just because, and like one, like one follows the other, follows the other, follows the other. And like, um, it's sometimes really interesting to like, just give them like a slight note of like, why is this here? Or, or what, what does this like really mean to you or whatever? And like, um, making them fight for it, like really like opens up those bits of their brain where they're like, Oh no, this is like a much more exciting and joyful way of like approaching this idea or this topic. Um, and, and then I'm not left like reading heavy handed satire, uh, mm-hmm. or like other things that like, you know, the world doesn't need. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I, I find it helps. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really interesting that you mentioned that because we've worked together on some sketch stuff before. And one, you are like so great in a writer's room because you're so good at like kind of asking those like little nudgy questions. I mean, I personally found that because I find myself as a writer who 
often gets bogged down, especially having written comedy before and then like doing UCB classes and being like, oh, I was doing it wrong the whole time. I have to do it this way. I got all jumbled in the brain about like there's a certain set of rules that you need to follow when really, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit like more loose than that, like break the rules, bend the rules, go around them. Um, And then I found myself for a really long time having my sketches be like really sort of like I hated them. I was like, these are not funny. These are boring. I don't I'm following these like steps that I don't agree with and there's no joy in this and I think everyone can tell and um and then it took like kind of burning down that mentality in my mind I'm still working on that to like get get back to like actual like what I found joyful in in my writing uh yeah I I I could speak about that for like forever um and I think like part of that is um like, cause like no one at any like sketch school will tell you this is the only way to like write sketch or like this is how right. it should be. Um, but then sometimes placing it within that like, uh, school framework even just puts people in that, that like, um, headset or like mind space. And I think that's really interesting. Cause like, um, uh, like ev- any sketch teacher will say, blah, 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 these are the rules of sketch. You should do this, you do that. Unless it's funny. Like, and then like, <laughs> there's always that magical caveat of like, you know, if you've just come up with something that's very funny, I guess you just have to put it in. Um, and I, I worked with, um, Heather Ann Campbell, the funniest uh, person I know. Uh, well, uh, her and Rebecca Drysdale, like combined, uh-huh. uh, like just phenomenal. But like, um, Heather's has this really math- mathematical approach to like sketch and like the way she like formulates ideas and like content and the idea generation. It's like so good. And then even she would be like, yeah, but unless it's funny. Like so sometimes, sometimes things are just funny and like, that's okay. Um, and like, um, I like went up to UCB, did like a bunch of sketch stuff there. Um, and I'm, I'm on like a team at like UCB, like, 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 um, and so we like meet you all the time. We literally never once talk about game. Like I, all, all the time I've been like the writers from there, never, never brought up my pitches, never have any like clear game to them. Uh, it's just not discussed. It's just, this mm-hmm. idea is funny. How do we make it funnier and like play around all the like fun things in it? Um, because there's like an understanding there, like, oh, there's like, there's like some mechanics, like sketch, or, like things that you can work with, but like, it's just, I find this very funny. Uh, and uh, this is what drives it. And then the only technical stuff we do is, um, or I found like really helpful is I'm very, uh, I'm very me. Like I, st- I think I started talking about like a 12th century <laughs> Japanese literature example. So like that's, <laughs> like that's, uh, that's not put on like, I'm like this all the time. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but there's like the, all the, uh, the only thing to that I would say uh, so like, just to pull back, like, so I like esoteric things sometimes and like fun references and like things that I think mm-hmm. I personally enjoy. And then sometimes, uh, but like the thing I enjoyed when I spoke to Heather Ann Campbell or worked with her was that she said like, um, your job is to like entertain people, like people like going out in the world, working a real job, like, <laughs> like <laughs> doing like stuff, they, they come to be entertained. So you can keep your like, uh, esoteric perspective or whatever it is that you find you, but you just have to like translate or like make sure the other people like get why you think this is funny or interesting or like just connect with them on some level and then you can do whatever you want. And like that, that one note, um, saved me from like disappearing up my own asshole uh, <laughs> and writing lots of, um, weird sketches that like, um, because like, um, and then I sell this because like, I get a lot of like, um, terrible, I'm a like nerdy man. I get like lots of terrible nerdy men who'll come up to me after like shows and go, Oh, that's really cool. You just like this reference to this thing that the, those normal people out there don't get. And that was like really cool. And like, no one laughed, but I knew. And I was like, no, I wanted people to laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the job is to, like, I make comedy. So people laugh. The job is to like, get them to like connect with the thing that you're saying. Um, like that's like, so I did like a whole sketch about, um, uh, uh, the surrealist Dada movement and like Dali and like all his like people around there. Uh-huh. And that's on paper, very intellectual and stupid, but like I made like a point to make sure that it connected with like, uh, the internal struggle that artists feel to like, they want people to like their work. And like, it was like a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like a sketch about, um, the culture and politics and like whether or not you should like say the R one or you shouldn't. Uh, but I did it through the medium of like the black IPs and people like jumping around and like silly costumes being <laughs> silly. And there's like, Oh, just like make sure people like let people get on the bus, like slow it down, let them like, get on, <laughs> put down a little accessibility ramp. And then once they're on the bus, you can drive as fast as you want and you can like take whatever route yeah. uh, you need to. But like, just like those like little steps, this was long and rambling. Uh, <laughs> 
and like very in the weeds about sketch, but hopefully uh, explains a little bit what I'm thinking or like, yeah, like that just connecting with people, I think uh, is so important. I love that though. That idea, I'm going to remember that, geez, the idea of like, uh, just slow down enough for people to get on the bus and then you could take them wherever you want. I mean, straight to crazy town or wherever the fuck you want to go. Um, because I think a lot of times, like not to extend the metaphor to a place where it just gets too muddled, but like, I, I, at least I find myself like just being like, oh, well, I have to drive the bus just at like 20 miles an hour the whole time. And no one will <laughs> get on the bus unless I like drive it so safely. And so like, I've been challenging myself a lot more recently to be like kind of just like like shit that is so stupid that makes me laugh like not to be dumber but like I just find like I was trying to be too smart or too stiff for a, for a long time especially with sketch not less so with my stand-up um or like long form writing but I think it's just interesting how we get bogged down in those sort of things like in it, how it can push you I so the example that like really blew uh my mind was um, like Chris Rock has this thing that's, you know, uh, someone driving a truck should be able to understand your comedy. Otherwise, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then he did this joke about um, bullet control on Bring the Pain. Uh, where he said, like, I believe, like, I don't believe in gun control. I believe in bullet control. I believe every bullet should cost $5,000. That way there'd be no more innocent bystanders. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. It's very funny. Very good joke. He's Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> but what that joke is, my version of that joke, uh, looking at it, would be, oh, wow, that's a really example, uh, interesting example of the positive and negative externalities theory of economics, uh, where you talk about the repercussions and the law of unintended consequences, blah, 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 blah. And that no one understands it. No one gets it. It's the same, like, it's the same smart observation, mm -hmm. but like you've lost everyone and everyone's like, when's the next act on? And he's like, nope, let me get you on board. And then I'm going to take hit all the same beats, uh, do all the same like jokes and ideas, but in a way that's like really accessible. Um, and like that's, is it smarter to, you know, say a weird thing that no one understands mm -hmm. or phrase it and frame it in a way that everyone can like then understand? Like that's, um, that's not, not just like intellectual intelligence, but like emotional intelligence and like developing my, uh, I very like, I read books all day and I'm very cold. <laughs> so like <laughs> develop, developing emotional intelligence has been like such a, like a big learning opportunity. And like, that's like so fun and like, oh great. You get to like grow and like learn in other ways and like learn why. Yeah. Like that's been like really cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it is really interesting because like so much of like when I, for example, would like watch like a show for like the foundation or something. Uh, it is knowing you and knowing your sensibilities or not just with you, with like so many people that like, oh, I, you can immediately be like, oh, Shem wrote that sketch. That's a Shem sketch. <laughs> Usually sometimes because there's a, a really silly pun right up top. <laughs> but um, but uh, and I think it's really I think that's really, uh, you know, admirable that like so much of your perspective on the world and your personality can translate to to your work you know i'm specifically talking about sketch but a, a lot of your other work too in in such different ways but you can it always kind of like has that sort of hallmark of like it came from your perspective and um i think that is like something that a lot of people strive for but don't necessarily like achieve or i don't even know if you're even know that it's happening and it's just natural but it's it's um it's really cool to see like it in action. Like I can often identify your work when you know it, it, it might be a group project. I'm like, that's a sham pitch. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah like it's, it's, it sort of boils back down to like why are you doing this? Like uh like the job like yeah because uh, like if you want money, do any other job. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there are so many more stable. Like if you if you truly found out how much like just someone you know doing like a regular office job earned uh, compared to like doing comedy, like like so many of my like comedy famous friends earn like almost no money. Mm -hmm. Um, like go go away to a course and like you know After Effects and you can like triple your earnings on like <laughs> writing uh so like it's it's not for like money um and then it's not for like fame even because like you know what even is that and like so many people get unrecognized or like unknown mm -hmm. so like just really i 
every, every I went back and found like, like I've been like doing some like digital cleaning. I found like a bunch of old sketches I wrote. Mm-hmm. Still make me laugh. So like, oh, I get that. That, that was I get. I see why that's funny. Uh, that was amusing to me. And like that, then that 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 then that's a win. Like you're like doing work. That, ugh, I sound like a broken record, but you're doing work that like brings joy and like yeah. it, it just tickles you. Uh, and you're sharing that. Like the first joke I ever wrote was uh, I'm working on the shortened version of an Arthur Miller play. It's called A View from and then in brackets abridged. Uh, and like that, <laughs> that's that's so dumb uh, and the, not relatable, but like still makes me laugh. Uh, because, and like that's that's just who I am. And like if if you're putting yourself uh, in there, uh, it's like a little. Um, even if you change as a person, like you can still like go back and look at, like remember the, uh, the person you were and all the, those little joys and moments. Whereas like mm-hmm. when it's soulless, like for higher work, like when I go back and like read my packets for Ellen or whatever, that's like, there's no joy in that. Like that's yeah. just, <laughs> just a bunch of like, he's <laughs> like, Oh, here's another joke basket. Like I hate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's great. And I, I also like, so like I wanted to talk about like, you guys are doing a podcast now with trash right and um i I just know trash having had so many iterations and so many different like things that you guys have done and and when i like remember seeing you do sets as just you know an indie improv team on someone's show to your own show like the hot gosh show that you hosted um at saint mark's or now your podcast when i've listened to episodes it's just always like the same like joy and vibe. I mean, I guess probably because it's the same people, but I, I always find it interesting how like it is so translatable and like, and one of those things that's like, I don't know, it's it just got that kind of stamp on it like we were talking about. Like, do you guys, are you doing that intentionally or is that just like the nature of it? Um, I think it's, we all have the same idea. Like, so it's just, we enjoy doing the thing we're doing with each other. And like, it's just, it's just a thing. Like we don't care if like, uh, like, so we did, we've done like shows under St. Mark's where we'd like sell out, we get like great guests, like those people come and that's mm-hmm. very cool. And we've done shows where like just very few people are there, but it's still like, uh, uh, or if I'm rehearsing or if I'm on the podcast or if I'm just chatting, I'm doing a scene with Chloe, uh, you know, they have a limited range of what they can play. <laughs> so do I. So, so we're not fooling anyone with like our character work. I'm just having a fun, like play around with my friend and they're fantastic. Or the yeah. same with Rachel, same with Lindsay, like, I'm, or Eric. Uh, we're just like interacting with each other and yeah. like, we enjoy each other's company uh, in whatever we're creating. So like, um, and like that's, so like being on a team with like people you hate, like why would you do that to yourself? It's like, mm. uh, like just, it's the same way you were describing your, your like sketches earlier where, the ones you didn't like was like, I don't enjoy this. There's no joy that I'm just, I feel like I have to do it. Um, doing things because you have to, um, is, uh, miserable, um, mm-hmm. is, and yeah, and that's not, not fun. Whereas and this is like an old Becky Drysdale note, um, was, uh, it's not that you have to do it. It's like you get to do it. Like it's, uh, it should be like a joy that you are able to, like, uh, be silly and like playful and fun with like the people you're around. Mm-hmm. And she gives this amazing example with like, she's like walking around the room, like doing some like sort of dumb, like scene where she's pretending to be a dog. And then she goes, can you believe we're doing this? Uh, and then she like suddenly smiles and walks around and does the same scene as a dog and plays that and say, can you believe we're doing this? And like, she's just radiates joy. And then you just remember, oh yeah, that's why we do this. It's like fun. You're like spontaneously creating art and like putting out into the world, and, like whatever, the, whatever form of art you're doing, like even if it's like a bad, like stand up set or whatever, like you you're getting to do it and it's great and and it can be great and there's obvious caveats when things are like terrible I'm like I'm not like I'm not polyandrish like I understand the world is like yeah. uh, I, I understand context but like there are <laughs> moments and uh times when there is like a true joy in the ability to like do things and that's something like uh any episode any I record the trash or anytime I get to like hang out with them it's like oh this is this is just fun that I get to this with my friends and like if if anyone else shows up great but like you don't when you're just hanging out with your friends or like doing stuff with your friends, mm-hmm. there's no like stakes or like pressure attached to it. It's just, it's just a conversation or a moment. So like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Becky Drysdale. She's, I remember I did a workshop with her right when, um, Kim Peel ended and she came back to New York and she kind of had that sentiment. Um, were you in that workshop? No. 
maybe not. <laughs> but um, uh, she had that sentiment and she was like, I'm doing I'm teaching an independent improv workshop, even though I was just head writer for Key and Peel for a couple of years. But like, I love doing this, so I'm going to keep doing doing it. And I was like, cool. <laughs> um, and I've been wondering, too, like with you, like, is there any ever been like we all have to do things we don't want to do? For example, writing terrible packets for Ellen. But like. <laughs> Has there ever been like, uh, you know, something that you had to do uh, that you were kind of like ugh about it at first, but then it it ended up like actually being really joyful for you and you thought it maybe wouldn't be? Like as far as like comedy and, and, and artistic work? Oh, like that's almost every project I do. Like <laughs> I don't want to do things like uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I have a full life and I'm very tired and very old. So like even... <laughs> Even like this podcast, it's like, oh, oh no, I have to like go and like, oh, they're, they're in the middle of a work day, blah, 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 blah. Like literally the moment like I saw your face, it's like, oh yeah, this is fun. This is great. Like, I love it. Like, uh, <laughs> like every, like literally everything, uh, there's always like friction to like change, mm-hmm. like doing things. So that's an unhelpful example of like every <laughs> single thing I do. I'm like a little bit, oh boy, can you believe I'm doing this? Um, but like uh, the last um thing I did was uh, a video for Tiffany. I saw that yesterday. Fiber. The chapstick. Yeah. Tiffany and Alex and Ivkarish. Yeah. And they're all like very fun people uh, mm-hmm. and great. But I think the morning of it, I like lugging a bunch of camera equipment uh, across Brooklyn, like by hand and then like climbing up all these steps, like get there and like wondering, like, and, like, it's like, oh, this is like, why am I doing this? Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah, it made a bunch of people happy uh, and they like it. And like, uh, even... I gave like a couple of like notes in the middle of it and then you could like see like people like, oh yes, it's great. This is fun. Like really exciting. And then, um, I think the moment I suggested like a camera angle to Tiffany, uh, and then showed her on like the, the monitor, the playback and then the, the light in her face when she like saw her weird little idea, like come to life, <laughs> uh, in a way. And it's like, oh yeah, that's what I do. Like this is, this is like fun. Like yeah. not to say like, I hugely resented that project, but it's more like, oh, like, you know, I have to like do, have to do all this work. Yeah. Yeah, there's been so many like sketch shoots or early morning rehearsals or late night rehearsals that have been like, why did I do this to myself? But then as soon as I get there, I'm like, okay, I love this. <laughs> I mean, how else? Like, you know, I think we we can start to wrap things up because I don't want to take too much of your time. And but this has been a really wonderful conversation, and also it's so lovely to catch up with you and uh, like talk about art and work and comedy and joy like how are you how are you like transitioning like some of the like we're just doing things differently now like I know you're doing a lot more audio based stuff that I've seen but like what else like are there any ways that you're sort of transitioning if that makes sense like because we can't do certain things like like stage shows right now um yeah it's like I'm doing uh a lot of more like recorded content, which is like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning like, uh, I literally have Cinema 4D open just there. Like I'm learning <laughs> how to like uh, make a bunch of stuff uh, in that, which is cool. And like experimenting with like techniques and painting and drawing and like, yeah. just um, like you're like, uh, I believe that everyone is, um, yeah. Like I, I think you're so malleable as like an artist. Like you're not, you know, if you take away, I can't, I was going to give like a bad example. It doesn't matter. Like if you take away an artist's pencil, they don't stop becoming an artist. They just like paint with something else or like uh, (laughs) they, it's more, it's not what you do. It's how you see and process the world and information. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that's the joy of like comedy is like, um, and like just finding different like ways to process that joy and information and like the angle and perspective and like push out is like really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, I've been using this uh, moment as an opportunity to like explore that and to like see, um yeah what works for me and what's like exciting so like maybe it's like weird look like I I won an award to like uh make a cartoon like can't draw it's like but I like was able to like oh yeah I saw that congratulations on that (laughs) um yeah like uh and like literally all that money just went to be able to pay people but even that was like very good to be able to like give people money for like working in the sketch like oh my god Uh like that well a dream like <laughs> that um that 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 felt like unheard of um and like just little things like that um where you can like uh, explore and like uh, develop have been like really cool so like i'm just always looking uh for ways to do things um looking forward rather than bemoaning that i can't do like 10 30 p.m uh wet shows in the dark at hell's kitchen or whatever like you know <laughs> 
and those were fun, but like, yeah, can't do it at the moment. So I'll just, I'll just do something else. Even like sleep, even like getting like good sleep and looking after my body has been like a wonderful, like new project I'm working on. <laughs> I mean, that is, you know, one of the benefits of all this is that at least we don't have any midnight texts at the moment. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I am totally on that same sort of mindset, like that you were just, you know, mentioning, like, I was just like, you know what? It's a bummer. I'll miss, like, right now I miss not being able to get on stage. But also, like, I've had so much time to, like, I've gotten so much better at uh, editing audio and, like, learning about uh, podcast production, for example, with this project or, like, lots of other things. Like, I've been working on a bunch of other stuff, too. Um, and it's just, um, I don't know. I, I think uh, this conversation has been surprisingly, op- not surprisingly, but incredibly optimistic. And I, you know, I think that is a testament to like your joyful approach to like all your work. Is there anything that you have like on the table right now that you're really excited about to be working on or anything coming up? Um, I've started producing a podcast called Steve Genty's Infinite Playlist. Uh, with my friend who's like very talented, uh, Steve Genty. And he's like, he's very talented, but also like very, oh, fuck it. I don't want to do this. Or like, this is bad. Or like, I can't mm-hmm. like do this type of thing. Uh, so like even like gently nudging him into like doing things, like this is how you set things up, or, like doing the records and scheduling things, like mm-hmm. getting that like up and running has been like really, uh, great and like really fulfilling. Cause it's like, oh, like, do you see when it works? How like getting all that love and like re- response from people has been like really great. And like, you should work with this person and talk to this person and do all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So like that's been like uh, a thing where like I say no words of comedy on that show, but I'm very, like I'm, I produce it, like I make it like happen. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I'm very like, but I get like just as much satisfaction about watching that like um, grow and flourish. So that, um, that project, I guess, is like the thing I'm like excited about. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I listened to the first episode uh, with Steph uh, Leshik the other day, and it's great. And I'm actually speaking with Steve for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see like what you guys continue to do with that show. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. And um, I really can't wait till we get to work together again soon, I hope, you know, when whenever that might be. <laughs> or even, even just talk. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I've been a bit of a hermit. I've seen like five people <laughs> um although that one time that i was at fulton grand and you walked by me and i tried to say hello and <laughs> i had my chance and i blew it <laughs> yeah that's the only chance <laughs> all right thank you to shem for joining me on the podcast even though you walked right by me on the sidewalk in front of fulton grand i'll never forgive you <laughs> just kidding um And thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode is episode five of You Gotta Have a Podcast, if you can believe it, which means that we are halfway through our 10-episode season one. So next week, we'll be taking a bit of a break, but we'll be back on the first Tuesday of March with another conversation. I'm Angela Palladino. This has been You Gotta Have a Podcast, and we'll see you then. Or, well, you'll hear me then. All right. Bye.